Hi, I'm Jason Pritchard, and welcome to the EVTOR Insights Podcast, a brilliant show featuring guests from companies in the EVTOR aircraft and urban air mobility markets. Throughout each episode, we'll be finding out about their exciting projects, which will help revolutionise the way we travel in future and get their insights into the current state of the industry. In this episode, I'm joined by Dave Pankhurst, Drones Director at Etcetera at BT Group in the UK. Dave is an accomplished senior leader with 20 years of experience in the telecommunications sector. He has built and grown BT's drones team over the last four years, creating the foundations for BT within the UK drone industry and continuing to develop capabilities through in-house development and market-leading partnerships. Dave sits on the BEIS Drone Industry Action Group and is one of the founding members of the Future Aviation Industry Working Group, Airspace Integration. He was also responsible for BT's Future Flight Programme in Phase 2 and membership of three projects in Phase 3. So Dave, thank you so much for joining me on the EVTOL Insights podcast. Absolute pleasure to be here, thank you. Are you able to tell us a little bit more then to start off our conversation about Etc and the work it is doing in the UK? So Etc is a incubation function essentially within within the BT group. Um, it focuses massively on what are the growth opportunities for BT that are aligned to I suppose, the core of the business but haven't yet, yet been exploited essentially by, by the company. Um, so I've got peers, whether that's in fintech and in health and new areas, and, are, and I'm blessed to look after drones for BT. Are you able then to talk to us a little bit more then, because the company was only launched in May 2022, what's been the journey like so far? And then I guess the next point really is just to talk to us a little bit more about your role then as Drones Director at etc. Yeah, absolutely. So, so a lot of the last year has been uh, spent building out the function. So so my, my boss, Tom Guy, that, that leads the um, leads etc. for BT has been growing uh, the teams. Um, We've been spending a lot of time with customers uh, across all of the categories, learning more about what are the real problems that need to be solved and what's the right technology and what's the right products to to enable us to take on some of those big challenges. Um, on my side, from a, from a drone's point of view, we, we've been growing up our team over the last year. Um, I'm now at about sort of 15 uh, people within the team, and and as we create new categories and and, and new products, that that continues to grow. Um, so yeah, it's been a really exciting environment to be part of, um, and I think as as I'm sure we'll get to, there's there's so much within this industry where uh, the likes of a, a telco with the right technology and products can help solve some of the problems that are. Uh, stopping organisations from from operating effectively and and we think we can play a really big role in that. I'd love to, if possible, talk about these opportunities and challenges for the UK's landscape. A lot of talk is about how Europe, the USA and even China are pushing forward with plans to commercialise drone deliveries or, 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 or even drones for good. But are you able to tell our audience more about maybe the UK's landscape? As I said, those challenges and opportunities would be really interesting and then we can then touch nicely into where we hope etc. will be in the next five to ten years as that industry continues to scale. It is no surprise to anyone that's been involved in aviation for for a day, a year, ten years or more that that this is really complex. Um, bringing drones 
UAVs in, into an airspace is is challenging enough in terms of just normal uh, visual line of sight where you've got that pilot operating um, within the same uh, airspace as, as the drone. When you start to transition that through into the categories moving up towards beyond visual line of sight where that pilot is remote, the drone is remote, automated, in time, potentially autonomous, you start to create all of those challenges and situations where whether it be from a regulatory government point of view, thinking about the safety of the airspace, thinking about how this airspace is going to work, where you've got lots of different types of aviation users, whether that be your sort of hobbyist recreational users, um, enterprises wanting you to use drones through to larger, um, uh, longer range commercial, see eVTOL uh, drones and, and others, how are they going to interact with paragliders and helicopters and commercial airlines? So it's very complex and, and UK is no different in terms of having to consider those thoughts as any other region um, globally. I think what we've seen within the UK market, um, and maybe it's shown signs in the last year of, of beginning to um, accelerate, but is, is a really cham- um, challenging space where you have a lot of organizations who have created a lot of brilliant capability but are struggling to turn that into, I suppose, a a viable uh, business. Um, And that is often because of not being clear in terms of, the, I suppose, the regulatory path. Uh, What are the stepping stones to enable this to become a a viable capability that that organizations can trust and depend on? Um, And the average person um, in in our communities can trust when they see drones are flying overhead and, and understand what that looks like. So it is really complex and and a big role to sort of link into to the other part of the question in terms of et cetera and and um and and other organizations as well in terms of their role within the industry is what are the things that you need to do to enable it to be true essentially how can you take these steps forward and and for us as a business, we look at different categories, whether that be a, a very traditional as such thing that I'm sure most people would be expecting me to say coming from broader BT group is, is connectivity. What, what does that look like in terms of how can you internet enable these assets that are flying around in the airspace, whether that be for the purpose of almost like a heartbeat sensor as to where is it at any given time, um, or potentially streaming uh, data such as search and rescue missions or, or other pieces back to command rooms for, for that clarity of what's happening in the situation. Through to building blocks such as UTM, uh, I've referred to as kind of unified traffic management and crew traffic management in terms of how to create that digital knowledge of what's happening in the airspace and enable things to transfer um, from one destination to another safely um, and for that airspace to be deconflicted through to thinking about security um, from uh, potentially people misusing this technology or people attempting to hack this technology for for, um, obviously the wrong purposes and then the drones themselves and what's the infrastructure you need to support the actual physicality of a drone, where is it going to be, um, uh, where's a maintenance and operation going to happen of it, where are they going to charge, um, take off and landing points and all those kind of pieces. And across all of those, a huge volume of amazing companies doing brilliant things, 
And one of the roles that we're trying to do is, well, how can we support those organizations and what are the services that we feel we can take directly to the end customer as well, um, where, where et cetera, and the broader BT group can add value. So a long-winded answer maybe to your question, Jason, but it's such a complex topic with so much stuff going on that, yeah, it's it's really exciting to be involved in. It seems like et cetera has positioned itself and laid the foundations to be really that making such a really big impact when the the industry does start to scale up and we are seeing that commercialization so i wondered whether you're able to share a bit more then of the roadmap you know any projects that you're working on now or or even where you think the roadmap from etc could look like then in the next sort of five to ten years as the industry starts to scale maybe if i sort of take a little bit of the story over the last couple of years in terms of some of the activities that we've been doing and and hopefully that creates the, the right for me to talk about a roadmap going forward um, a little bit. So um, although etc has existed um, just over a year, there has been activity within BT prior to that, which has been um, moving uh, forward our capability as an organization, which now brought into the etc group, which is on uh, running the drones team. Um, we're now amplifying and, and creating more capability and kind of doubling down on, on, on the good work that happened before. Some of that work was uh, regarding connectivity um, that, that I said before. So part of that, we, we took part in a um, UK government, UKRI matched fund activity called Future Flight, um, where we led a project called Accelerate, which was with um, a lead partner in there, Alshid Angel, um, a, an amazing UTM company that, that, that I'll talk about a little bit later in, in a little bit more detail. Um, and a number of other organizations coming together to try and work out how do we solve some of the challenges with regard to enabling more than one drone company and multiple drone companies operating in the same airspace without having to segregate off the sky. So you don't end up with just little pockets of places where you can use drones and and other people can't access that airspace. How do you bring this together? So within that um, uh, consortium, we, we... uh, double down on trying to understand how well does our mobile network operate at altitude. Um, at that point in time, it was through uh, with Ofcom trial licenses essentially to operate at airspace. Uh, subsequently, in January just this year, um, uh, Ofcom opened up the licensing approach in a really structured and, and, and uh, from my point of view, a fair way of still having an element of control in terms of saying there's certain things an operator needs to do responsibly and making sure that the drone won't talk on certain signals that may put at risk some existing groundswear comms but a path in terms of what that future can look like of removing those restrictions set to evidence that resulted in us launching a trial at the start of this year where we've currently about 40 to 50 trialists with sim cards in drones at altitude um, validating the performance of our network up in the sky and starting to create some of those use cases and viable kind of um, uh, pieces of functionality that enable them to do the job that they need to do. And that stems from that kind of, yeah, that government grant project. Uh, And then since then, we've moved into uh, another consortium, um, which is in the latest phase of of, um, Future Fly, which is a project that's run by Altitude Angel called Skyway which is a huge program of work that they're leading, which is rolling out a 165 mile stretch essentially of 
ground-based detect and avoid systems that integrate into their broader UTM infrastructure that enable them to have an amazing view of the airspace to understand if the drones that are, in effect, within the UTM system, where they are, what routes they're planning on, and what else is going on in that airspace to mean that the drones can understand that, essentially, through, through working with the operators and be almost go, hey, if there's something else happening in this airspace, how can that be then deconflicted to enable those other operators to carry on in their life and the drones working within the Altitude Angel UTM infrastructure then carry on with theirs and, and different ways of creating that unsegregated airspace to mean that we don't end up with just yeah, a really, really challenging environment. So loads of stuff that we have been doing. Um, we also, um, as a business, have a partnership with an Australian company called DroneShield, who are one of the world leaders in, in drone security technology for drone detection. So that's about understanding the risk, I suppose, of an airspace in terms of rogue drone users predominantly in understanding if you're a military organization, airport, stadium, security company that may be concerned about the risk of people using drones for malicious purposes or even sometimes just accidentally flying in areas where people shouldn't be, um, how can you understand that airspace? So, And that's been blending in with the broader way of, hey, if you understand more about the sky, then you can start to enable more drones to fly safely in it. So a whole host of stuff in our in our past as such over the last kind of uh, couple of years. But to take the point in terms of the roadmap going forward, what we see is more and more drone companies now understanding these def- different technology building blocks and, and, and starting to work with us. So as I said, the trial that we've got running at the moment with um, a number of organizations, um, so that's helped use cases such as um, uh, just a few months ago, uh, there's a company called Skyfarer, who are a really great um, organization who operate um, small sort of fixed wing drones and, and, and starting to get a bit larger. And they're doing a number of medical trials at the moment of uh, taking medical goods from a rooftop one to rooftop two. And they did a brilliant trial um, in the Midlands area where they used our connectivity to enable them to have that kind of heartbeat of where their drone is and to facilitate some of their um, regulatory sort of safety case requirements. And we're seeing more and more organizations going, okay, this, this Connectivity option is a way of solving some of our challenges when we're operating remotely or, or in an alternated space. And a huge focus of us um, over the next sort of year, year and a half, will be contributing to the work that Altitude Angel are doing in rolling out that Skyway project and helping them from an infrastructure point of view, helping the operators that will be using it um, from a connectivity side and continuing to kind of grow and develop the services we're doing against it. So the broader roadmap question, I suppose, is, is very then dependent on where we get to regarding uh, regulation, where we get to regarding standards. Um, you, you sort of said the word around like public acceptance. Also, what does that look like over the next sort of two, three, four years is more drones uh, sort of operate within the skies today as well. Um, and we have done some work previously where it's it's shown that uh, a large majority, 70-80% of, of the general public, are supportive of drone use when they understand the purpose of the drone, and definitely more so if they understand that that drone is being used for good as such in terms of whether that be from, uh, like I said, like medical delivery trials or search and rescue and those kind of pieces. But that support 
will stay supportive if it's done in an intelligent way in the way that things are brought in with the right safety and the right systems to make that true. So, yeah, loads going on, essentially, loads of things that we're really, really keen to support. And hopefully, because of what we're doing, we can take part in more forums and, and more kind of um, governmental parts to help contribute towards this airspace being opened up for more organisations. Etc. recently shared the news that it's working with Altitude Angel as part of that £5 million deal to scale up the UK's drone industry. I don't know if there was any, while we're talking about it, any other thoughts you wanted to add about what impact this can have as the, on the country as the technology continues to mature as well, because it's a, it's a big deal and it's great to see the work that's being done there. Um, so I don't know if there's any other thoughts you wanted to add on to that, if you hadn't already re- mentioned it, about that piece of news that Etc. Uh, revealed earlier this year. Yeah, so thank you. So, yeah, I think the first thing I'd sort of say is that I, I hope what this uh, suggests over and above the actual value we'll, we'll, we'll provide working together is, is, is a real clear indication from, from et cetera that we, we are invested in this industry, first and foremost, that, that we want to support the building blocks and the services that will sit over the top of it to enable this industry to be successful. Um, and we've been working, um, a known altitude for for a number of years, and we're really key um, keen rather that we help support their growth as an organisation. We know they're really well respected within the industry in terms of the, the support they've been providing and the, the kind of clarity they've provided for drone users in terms of where you are able to use airspace, not working with ANSPs in the UK and internationally. And I've got a really great reputation for trying to create an airspace that multiple parties can use versus creating a kind of yeah, stovepipe kind of segregated airspace. Um, great people, great technology, and I'm and, and really glad to be able to do it. Um, in, in terms of the, the, the value, I suppose, and, and like what, what it creates for the UK with, with the technology that Altitude Angel have, I think I just look for scenarios where how can you make it as easy as possible, as safe as possible for organizations to start using the airspace and start turning their business into viable capabilities that are repeatable, um, safe, and, and, and you can just start to actually see how this can be true. So for those that aren't aware, some of the work that Altitude Angel has, have been doing is, is building out their um, capability where they can see more of the airspace, communicate effectively with operators, and in effect, the operators can use Amtude Angel as a, as a safe mitigation within their safety cases. Say, hey, if we're um, signed up to use their service, then we we should be in a position where the Civil Aviation Authority can go, yeah, that's, that's a safe way of accessing the airspace. Now, there's still a number of regulatory um, sort of uh, certification um, pieces to get through, but, but that's the path that, that we think is, is going to be really successful for the UK. And then that means that things start to become more real. Organisations that want to do routine deliveries, and whether that be large delivery firms or whether it be, like I said, sort of the NHS and others, know that they have a repeatable mechanism to enable that to happen. And with that becomes more investment, um, new uh, new jobs, creation, enhancements to GDP, uh, lots of statistics that, that um, different um, organisations have put together. Um, the leading one being from um, Craig over at PwC, 
we're sort of uh, looking at 650,000 job creations over the coming period, an extra 45 billion of GDP benefit, all that kind of stuff, which is amazing, but only really comes true if you can create a viable service that underpins it. And, And the analogy that I sometimes use is it would be a bit like every time you wanted to make a mobile phone call between yourselves as an organization or with your customer, you have to create a new network to do it. Every single time you've got to create something, build it, and then you move to another part of the country and you've got to do it again. What Altitude Angel are trying to do and we're really keen to support them is how do you create those building blocks underneath it where you can almost just access that service to do the thing that you need to do. You focus on you, the rest of the stuff gets sorted out rather than having all all this complexity in the airspace. So really big task to do, but it's a huge building block for the UK and, and we're really, really keen to support in that drive. Now, I'd love to get your thoughts, and if you're able to share with our audience, as you mentioned in the introduction, you're one of the founding members of the Future Aviation Industry Working Group uh, in airspace integration. Are you able to tell us a bit more about your role, please, and really about the group itself? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, um, yeah, I always have to, like, breathe first before I say the name of it. But, yeah, the Future Aviation Industry (laughs) Working Group, which in the context of this specific one that I'm part of is all to do with um, integration, essentially. So um, the purpose, or I suppose a bit of like the who who we are as a community, it was formed, I think, towards the end of 2021. Um, and it's um, it's basically uh, UKRI and Connected Places Catapult brought together with the Department for Transport and the CAA as co-sponsors. The intent was to bring together stakeholders from industry, um, helping provide input, insights, kind of government strategy, regulatory policy, for the specific purpose, thinking about how you integrate new air vehicle types into the UK airspace. So there's other kind of parts of the future aviation industry working group that are looking at different topics, and this one's really is focused on that integration of new air vehicles. So, yeah, really, really um, uh, pleased to have been um, uh, selected, essentially, as um, BT is one of the founding partners. And there's a variety of organizations, which is really um, brilliant, that bring different subject matter expertise into that forum. And I sit sometimes listening to these people just sort of back back at school, is how I term it, in terms of the deep insight that these people have in their place. And whether that be, um, oh, we've just spoken about Altitude Angel, but whether it be Altitude Angel or other UTM providers as part of it, whether it be from sort of uh, some universities in terms of like um, Cranfield are part of it, industry representatives in terms of RPAS, and then through to some of the technology providers, operators in the ecosystem, whether that be Logics, Logan Air, Skyports, Volocopter, Vertical Aerospace. So there's loads of different organizations in there. And importantly, you've got organizations as well in terms of that can bring amazing insight from the existing um, airspace utilization with, with kind of NAPS in there um, and other associations as well that can help us go, right, let's not suggest things in a vacuum let's bring together some of the, the leading people within the industry to help the government have a, have a clearer path. Um, and one of the, the things that happened, uh, I'm pretty sure it's towards the start of this year, everything's blurring, everything moves so quickly, was putting out a report around um, what are some of the 
fundamental, I suppose, or the actions that need to happen in industry to make it more likely for us to succeed. So we put out a report, it's called Let's Get Flying, um, I think it's in February, which was really focusing on how do you accelerate some of this speed to market? How do you support industry move forward? What are the actions you need to do in terms of creating those pathways, um, enabling business models, a whole host of pieces there that, that we, it was a pleasure to contribute towards. And that does put a number of actions on the Civil Aviation Authority and the um, Department of Transport and ourselves as industry providers uh, to help move this forward. So it's, it's great now. And a, a lot of the focus now in, in this year is really then using that report, the actions in it, to then collaborate and work within um, the regulatory group to say, how can we how can we help this? You guys need to do stuff. We need to do stuff. How do we help this move forward? So yeah, really, really welcome being part of that community and working with that, um, yeah, those esteemed colleagues in, in other organisations. Excellent. Thanks again for that, Dave. And then just finally, um, I know we touched upon it a little bit uh, in your introduction, but also in some of the answers that you've already given. But we also mentioned, uh, again, that you're responsible for BT's future flight program in Phase 2 and part of Phase 3. Um, apologies, you might have already mentioned a little bit for it, but I don't know whether you're able to tell us more about this, please. And, and again, the, the work that's being done and, and potentially sort of the impact of, of this as the, uh, the industry continues to grow. Absolutely, yes, yes. So, um, focus my mind a little bit more. So, yes, so phase two, phase three. So, this is all the government UKRI future flight program. Um, the, the essence of it really is the government stepping up and saying, hey, there's certain things that we feel we need to see more evidence of, solve, um, understand more to help this UK drone industry move forward and grow and develop. So, um, within phase two, when we first start to get involved, um, this was about moving into the field, essentially, in terms of well, what are the practical projects that can prove evidence, create understanding knowledge, bring forward the technology to help it go forward, which was our Accelerate program, um, which was fantastic to be involved in um, and, 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 and lead. And then that's transitioned then into phase three, which is a smaller number of higher value uh, projects. Um, and I think there's, there's about eight to ten of them, if I remember rightly, and apologies if I've over-underplayed that horribly. Um, but what that are trying to then focus on the next level, essentially, of larger programs or trickier subjects to kind of um, deal with. So uh, we as, as BT Group are involved in, in three projects <coughs> overall. So uh, the one that I mentioned before is, is Skyway, where we're supporting Alchie Danger and the other consortium partners in trying to solve some of these challenges of unsegregated airspace at scale, essentially, and it's a huge program of work. Um, the second one is a project that's being run by a company called Seas.ai, who are a great company that are focused on uh, and, and John McKenna at Lita will probably smack me down for explaining his company horribly wrongly, but they're, they're focused on looking at how you can um, bring high-value data from drones, essentially, and enable drones that can be uh, near autonomous um, in environments with high-quality sensors from the drones to operate in very low airspace to do things such as infrastructure inspection and like uh, power line inspection or dock inspection, a whole host of things there. And they have a great capability of bringing data back um, in a way and enabling those drones to, to act uh, safely in the environment that they're in. And we're predominantly supporting them in that space from a connectivity point of view. How can you get that high value data back to their organization and enable the drone to be safe in the environment that it's operating in? 
And then the third project, which is actually being led from BT's applied research team, um, is a project called In-Depth, which is working on how do you um, support elements of sort of video analytics, remote automated drone use. Um, they're using uh, a drone that's provided by a company called HeroTech 8, who are a great UK um, organization who have an automated drone station, a sort of a drone that comes out of a, a box that's already powered and comps up. It goes and does its mission. You receive the data back from it, and a big part of that program for BT is what do you, how do you treat that data? How do you think about the data analytics you can get off the back of it to make that drone a, a really great tool, essentially, in an organization's toolbox? Um, so yeah, so all of those projects are all there to prove value, essentially, in terms of how do you understand this technology? How do you prove it's safe? Especially in phase three, what's been a really great addition is working closer um, in all of the projects are working closer with the Civil Aviation Authority, who are trying to understand more about this capability as they turn it from innovation into policy, essentially, in terms of the way that the airspace will be managed. So it, it's great to be part of it um, and supporting it. And, and as the program finishes up over the course of the next sort of 12 to 18 months, the significant key is how do you make sure that all the learnings from that doesn't just become a nice aid memoir of work that we've done, but fundamentally finds its way into the sort of policy standards regulation of the UK drone industry so that all of the organizations that have been doing this work can turn that into viable businesses that this country can be really proud of and potentially then even take and export that stuff internationally as well, um, which would be great for the UK. Do you have any then final thoughts before we finish? Anything you've not already mentioned or even anything that I might have missed that you wanted to share just before we finish? Um, I, I, not massively. I, I think it's, it's always like you sort of reflect on everything you've been up to in these kind of conversations. I think one of the things I would say is I think there's still quite a few people that wouldn't know particularly that, that et cetera, BT are in the drone industry and, and hopefully that's sort of coming through more and more and more drone operators that we're working with, more customers that are understanding that drones can have value. What we're really keen of is that we don't operate in a, in a vacuum and build stuff and develop things that, that people don't need, don't want. So so what I would ask of anyone that's, that's been kind enough to, to listen to me waffle on for a while is just to kind of go, hey, actually, we would like to learn a little bit more about what you guys are doing. And actually, we have got some problems where maybe you can help us. Because the closer we get to that, the closer we can help organizations create amazing things and, and, and serve their end customer needs and support their growth. So, yeah, really, really keen. If there are things that I've said or there's, there's things that people are interested in to learn a bit more, the closer we get to, to, to this industry, the more valuable we can be for it. So, yeah, re really welcome any, any thoughts from anyone uh, that's listened to this. Perfect. Well, so with all that in mind then, Dave, um, what would be the best method of contact then? So, again, anyone that's been listening to this podcast wants to get in touch with the team, et cetera, and, and see how um, they can take value from the work that uh, the excellent work that the, the et cetera team has done um, um, since uh, launching. What's the best way for them to contact? So um, people, as they often do, hunt feel free to hunt me down on LinkedIn if you want to drop me a note directly. Um, if people search for BT drones, they'll they'll find our, our, our website within our general sort of BT business area. And there's a um, there's a link in there for an email that comes through to my team, which is drone.solutions at bt.com. 
Um, but yeah, definitely just search BT Drones, hunt me down, you, you, you'll find us. Brilliant. Well, um, as I said, Dave, really enjoyed our conversation. We've gone through a lot of information and I think I've learned uh, a whole lot more about the, the wonderful drone industry in the UK as well. So thank you for being a great guest. Um, we'd love to have you back on uh, in, in one day in the future when I'm sure the industry is even more exciting than what it is now. So until then, thank you very much for being a great guest. Thank you for having me. Cheers, man. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to be featured in one of our podcasts or there's something you feel we should be talking about, then please send me an email at editorial at evtolinsights.com. We'll be back soon with another episode, so look out for it on whichever podcast platform you use. Goodbye. <laughs>